climbing. Okay. Well, you're ready. Ready, ready to fall. Yeah. Nice. Oh, nice catch. Yeah, thanks. Okay. God, to get more confidence, you have to fall. You have to, yeah. yeah. To, you know, you gotta venture into the unknown. Right. Welcome to episode five, Falling Skywards, a conversation about rock climbing and living with cancer. Clark has been a rock climber for 12 years, climbing outdoors in places like the Gunks Mountains of New York State. Steve Andrews, a Canadian professional climbing guide, introduced Clark to Ontario's climbing areas like the Metcalf Rock. Before we listen to episode five, here are some tips for the non-climber. One, climbing routes are designated by graded numbers at rate difficulty. Two, there are two types of climbing. In traditional climbing or track climbing, the climber places tools into the rock called protection that hold a safety rope. These tools are taken out as climbers make their way along the rock face. In sport climbing, the protection is embedded permanently into the rock face and denotes the route. Let's begin this episode with the recollection of their first climb, or more accurately, their first fall. So like the, the earliest I remember of us climbing together is uh, at Metcalf. I think I put you on some very like short cracks at what's called the guide wall. Yeah, yeah, I remember that too. Yeah, but they're very slippery. They're re like they they get a lot of traffic, and so they're very polished. Something that I thought looked, you know, appropriate but still challenging. And you were used to. I think you were used to climbing in the gunks where the rock was a little more That's solid. That's right. And uh, yeah. yeah, you put a little cam in behind a block, a moving block. And you fell, and the, the piece popped and fell right into me, and I we we both tumbled down. The, <laughs> I fell on top yeah, of yeah, you. We both I know. Down the hill. <laughs> <laughs> that was really yeah. God. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought, oh man, yeah. like he, that's it. Like that's not. Uh, he's not going to want to climb with me anymore. Yeah, but I enjoy, I enjoyed that day, and you know, it was a, re a really good lesson for me. Yeah. You know, routes everywhere are so different. Now what is, let's say, 5.5 five at the gunks or 5.7 or 5.9 at the gunks right. is different from the 5.7, 5.5, five, 5.9 in, uh, in Ontario. And even within Ontario, I've given up on grades. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, even at two different areas that might be five minutes from each other, but were developed at different times and so, or mainly developed at different times and so kind of have a, a bit of a, a legacy of grades feeling hard or soft. And yeah, they, they almost don't translate. Actually, this is good that we're discussing this because it brings me to the topic I really like to discuss mm -hmm. with you. Uh, I've been living with cancer for quite some time yeah. now. I live with two cancers, uh, stage four prostate and stage two sarcoma. Mm -hmm. I wanted to hear 
and learn about what can cancer survivors learn from climbers and, and what can climbers learn from cancer survivors, from people living with cancer. Yeah. One of the things that cancer has taught me is to take each day as it comes. You know, you learn from other people, but you don't live according to their expectations. Ah. It's like climbing a route. Mm-hmm. Just because you're, you've done a 5.7 at the gunks easily doesn't mean that the 5.7 in Metcalf or in the swamp is the same. Yes. Yeah. Or even that you're the same on different days. What do you mean? Yeah, what do you mean? And I mean, maybe this is probably going towards your point, is that you can climb a certain grade one day, and, you know, maybe that's just when your body was feeling fantastic. And you might have it in your head that you can then jump on anything at that grade and be able to put it down. And it could be the case that, yeah, the climb is hard for the grade, or the climb is a different style than you're used to and so feels harder or something that is not your strength and so feels harder or it could be the case that you didn't get enough sleep or you ate some trash uh, <laughs> Tim Hortons on the way up or something like that and uh, and you're not feeling 100%. The grades indicate very little really and instead I think this is kind of your point that you have to really pay attention to uh, and be honest with how you're feeling and what shape the rock is in and what the conditions are like and your mental state, your physical state, all that. It's all about focusing on one hold at a time. My journey is actually coming from hold after hold, move after move. You know, it's like you're solving problems and you're uh, making those breakthroughs. Last week, mm. you know, was such a wonderful climb for me. You know, I saw, we saw a route and I said, okay, I'll climb. Yeah. It was so damn hard. And then I, you know, at a certain point in the middle, I said, oh, look at this. It's, it's a sports climb, but I can't reach the next hold. Yeah. And then I decided to plug in some gear. Yeah. <laughs> and I started doing aid climbing. Uh-huh. And then I started doing track climbing and moving back to sports. Normally, you know, if you look at the traditional climber, they say the purist, you know, you only do track climbing. You only do sports. One or the other. Yeah, but just combining this and defying a stereotype of what it's like to be a good climber makes climbing so much more enjoyable. Yeah. And then I discovered after the climb, and we talked to someone on the, you know, at the base that had actually climbed 10C or 10B for the first time. I led a 10C or a 10B for the first time. Your hardest lead. And I wasn't, yes, yes. And that was so, that was so exciting being just, in the zone. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I really enjoy that where, you know, you chose to climb that not based on a recommendation in a book or that you thought it was a certain grade and so, yeah, you'd likely be able to do it. You chose it really just because you thought it looked fun to climb and then just got on it and it got hard and you just kept going and through every you know used all your knowledge and your skill and persevered i think like you say that's probably the most enjoyable way to do it what a rock climber can learn from somebody living with cancer is humility and that approaching climbs with humility is it's a good strategy to stay safe first of all certainly like 
as a young climber getting in and when you start getting into climbing especially if you're not currently living with cancer but if you uh as, as you start getting into climbing it's very easy to love it because you are constantly progressing and so you're constantly mm. getting better and better and better and i find i see that there's a point where eventually you can't get better or I mean, you might plateau in your performance and suddenly life happens and you don't have as much time to train or, or to spend climbing as you'd like. And so right. and when you go to reapproach climbing, you're suddenly not as good as you were, not as strong as you were, not as high up on the, the hierarchy at the crag. You're not climbing the cool climbs that impress everybody. <laughs> And so that's like kind of the test is, do you really enjoy the process or did you enjoy being good at something and not really, maybe not, uh, or maybe it's, it's uh, now you have to learn how to enjoy the process of getting better again. And I found that it was really true when we started climbing because you were, you were coming off, I think you were coming off probably a high for yourself in terms yes. of like how much you had done at the gunk, you were climbing, pushing into your, you know, your hardest grades at the gunk. Right. And when we started, you know, like that time where, where we took that tumble, you were probably a little bit cocky. Um, yes. <laughs> and then as you were going through your treatment, your strength went down and probably your, I'm sure your emotional and mental ability to deal with stress went down as well. And so we just, all we ended up doing was just like getting on easier things, doing a little bit less per day, but still going out and having a great time. Right. And yeah, you never seem to lose your psych. And I think if you, it was because you went in humble and without the ego of, uh, oh, I should, I, you know, it's so easy to be like, oh, I should have been able to do this a year ago. I could do this now. I can't, you know, this sucks. Woe is me. It's easy to get into that mindset. And then you're totally setting yourself up for a non-enjoyable day. That's very insightful because a lot of times we get into this uh, rut mm. where we're climbing to, to impress others yeah. or meet an image of yourself mm -hmm. that is not real yeah and climbing becomes more fun and authentic and you can challenge yourself more to do better if you're able to sort of embrace that image and just move on yes. and not allow yourself to be obsessed or stuck yes. at that past image because all self-imagists are the past yes yes and it's so important to focus on what your mind, body, and heart is like right the now. Present. And the present mm -hmm. and what, it is, what is being revealed to you. Yeah. And uh, when you focus on that, climbing becomes more enjoyable. And wow, the, and, and the skills that you develop over the years are given the space to express themselves. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a very good and insight. If you, and, really and if you keep your eyes open, you'll find new ways to use those skills like you did on that, putting the, the uh, trad gear on that sport route. <laughs> mm. 
the other thing that I learned from what you're saying is that if you focus on the present, you create the space for your mind to discover those little gems. Yes. Those little gems that are important for growth. Mm-hmm. Or in climbing, that little toehold or that little secret pocket or that secret undercling that you need to yeah. use to make that, that move. And it, that secret pocket and undercling, if you're in the wrong headspace while you're on that wall, they don't exist. They're not there. The, the wall is completely yeah. blank and it's totally impossible and you're never going to do it and you just quit and go home and it's too hot anyway <laughs> and the bugs are too bad. But yeah, if you uh, allow yourself to be okay with the discomfort and the challenge and the stress and you open your mind up to possibilities, suddenly those things appear. It's almost like magic. Yeah, that's great. That is great. One of the things that I've learned in uh, my own journey through cancer yeah. is that if you focus too much on what your life was like in the past, mm. you don't give your mind the space to think about what is precious and what is enjoyable and what is challenging in the present. Right. You know, prostate cancer and sarcoma you know, affects certain body parts. Mm. So basically, there are certain body parts and organs that are no longer working. Number two, the impact of cancer on me was that I could no longer do some of the work-related things that I used to do. I used to travel a lot. Yeah. Now, in my sad moments, in my moments where I feel really depressed, I'm looking at the past, Mm. um, asking myself, why can't I do this anymore? But in other times, when I am able to, you know, just allow these thoughts to sweep over me, but not dwelling yeah. on it. And then I, I realized that there are many things that I am doing today that I could not even do before. Like my relationship with my wife and is more precious and we're much more close. Mm. And we found new ways to convey how much how important we are to each other that we've never even been able to do before. And uh, there are things like this podcast or even what I can do in climbing right now are are some of the things that I can't do before. The past is important, but don't dwell on it. Mm -hmm. Give your space to think about what the present is offering you. And climbing is like that for me. You know, you can... Think about, the, like you say, I used to climb this way. I used to climb this grade. Yeah. It gets in the way of discovering the beauty of a route and the beauty of, of your body adjusting and embracing what the route and the rock has to offer. I would do a climb that was very challenging, and then I'd be afraid to get on it again because I, I, <laughs> I, I was afraid I would uh, perform poorly on it, you know? It's like, well, how is that? Yeah, like, what? It, how is that helpful? You know, yeah, it's helpful yeah. to the ego. Yeah, that's right. It's helpful to the ego. Take each day or hold as it comes. Learn from others, but don't live according to their expectations. Focus on what is in front of you. Focus on the present. The past is done. The future is yet to come. Focusing too much on the past or the future intrudes on the space to learn and enjoy life. Humility is essential. 
invest less time on impressing others or on living up to an image of yourself. All self-images are about the past. Focus instead on the present and what is being revealed to you. Focus on the present to discover those little gems essential for growth. Learn to live with uncertainty. In the climbing community, a fall is also called a whipper. I'd like to close this episode with a poem that I wrote to commemorate one of my first whippers while learning how to climb trap. This song is inspired by my New York climbing buddy, Mark Folsom, who has a really interesting habit of belaying me with off-color jokes and the forgotten songs of the 70s and 80s. When it's time to send a nine, you must whip it. You'll never learn that line. You must whip it. Really, no one gets ahead. You must whip it. Whip it. Pinch and hold. Mind your feet. Try to rest. Hand jam. Lay back. Feel the thrill. It's not too late. Whip it good. When that sequence comes along, you must whip it Just before you lose your breath, you must whip it Where that sequence uses wrong, you must whip it Now whip it Take that fall Fall to learn Think straight Climb to learn Move ahead Try to breathe It's not too late Whip it, whip it, whip it, whip it, whip it, whip it. We hope you like part one of this episode on climbing and living with cancer. Tune in to episode six, part two of this insightful conversation between Clark and Steve.